1: Hello. Yes, it's us. We're back after a small Euro hiatus. We're back in misery, though, as we have a full roundup of the International Reds in action at Euro 2016 in France and the Cop America in the US. We're mainly focusing on England. We couldn't really help it, could we, after an embarrassing exit, yet another one in our lifetimes. And Roy Hodgson resigns. Um, We're recording this straight after the England game, so a little downbeat. Jack, after the season we've had with United, you don't think it could get worse? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Some <laughs> of those performances under Van Hal were pretty shocking. And, uh, then something like this comes along with England. It doesn't, been a great year for football. Who knew I could watch even more boring football at the Heroes
0: that I have suffered all season watching Van Hall, Um, yeah, it's been terrible in all honesty. I mean, that performance against Iceland was just disgraceful. Every single player was just awful, honestly. None of the United players have covered themselves in glory in any way, really. I suppose Rashford is the only one that hasn't done any damage to his reputation. But no, it's it's been a terrible tournament. Terrible tournament for for every team, honestly. It's been so boring. All the games, there's been so few goals. But England, especially, had just been rotten, and tonight was just embarrassing.
1: Well, we've had one exciting or really exciting game. We've had one game which you associate with tournament football. We've had one goal like that. Zserdinand Shakiri, and perhaps Dimitri Pai's opener have been some magic moments. And the Portugal 3-3 against Hungary has been, that that was an incredible match. I think it was four goals in 17 minutes after half-time. So we've had that one game, but you're right, everything else has been pretty dull, I think. There's been a huge amount of games that have been nil-nil at half time. We will be focusing on the United players. That's our job, really. So on the England game, Chris Smalling played the full 90 minutes. Wayne Rooney, really captain, us had one of the the worst games of his England career. Some terrible misplaced passes. We'll talk about the whole tournament because we haven't recorded since the start of it. Rooney in in the early group games was actually pretty impressive in midfield, but. Tonight against Iceland, a very poor display. First half was okay, but second half before he got subbed off for Marcus Rashford, who had a brilliant six minute cameo, um, England's best player on the pitch despite coming on for six minutes. Um, Rooney was terrible, some awful passes misplaced, just lazy passes. Kept yeah. going with that diagonal ball that he loves and it wasn't coming off. It, it probably came off once to Danny Rose on the left flank, but other than that, it was, it was a bad night for Rooney, especially as captain and the had to go over at the end and, Pick up the the crying teammates on the pitch, um, young players like Deli Ali and stuff.
0: Yeah, Rooney really, really didn't have a good game at all. Um, like you said, it, it it's a shame because against Russia and Wales, Russia especially, he, he did actually play pretty well. To be fair, um, he was getting a lot of credit from from football fans, pundits, all all over. Really, you know, saying how he really evolved his game and adapted well to that role in midfield. But I think I think the problem is. He doesn't play he doesn't play between the lines enough and against teams that really are just sitting back and just looking to hold out against us, which is what Slovakia and once they went ahead tonight, Iceland tried to do playing those diagonal balls and they just aren't enough really He needs to play between the lines more and whether that's down to him or down to a lack of movement is you know it's irrelevant really, but he needs to try and and bring that into his game um smalling I mean not not much to say really barely tested in the first three games you know the the two goals that england conceded in the groups were one was just a free kick from from what was it, about 40 yards from gareth bale and the other one a, a dodgy header at the back post in the first game against russia but he's just had a, a kind of mediocre tournament i guess nothing nothing much to say like you said rashford came on did really well but has hardly got any minutes yeah it's just not good, really, for the uh, England-United
1: players. I think Small is done all right. He he kept both Gareth Bale and Merrick Hamshik quite quiet because Bale got the free kick. I think it was from a Rooney foul, actually. And then Joe Hart messed it up. As he messed up against Iceland, it's not a good tournament for Joe Hart. And United's academy product, one of 13 or one of 12 or 13 at the tournament from United's academy, the most just above La Masia of Barcelona, Tom Heaton was sitting on the bench as Joe Hart made two errors, uh, Fraser Forster as well. I think Smalling's been okay because the the bail free kick apart from that, uh, the the goal against Russia was a defensive error and the two goals against Iceland were were appalling really really bad defending but mainly from Kyle Walker. Smalling's done okay but not tested hugely from teams who have mainly sat back. Marcus Rashford should have got more chance. Um he, I think he got stripped at 76 minutes against Iceland. And I think he came on at 85. So Hodgson just sat there waiting, assuming that England would score, not wanting to take a risk with Rashford despite us being 2-1 down to Iceland. Not much, it couldn't really get much worse from there. So I don't, I don't know why he didn't bring Rashford on and then he comes out and resigns. In terms of England as a whole, because most of the people listening are probably England fans or United fans living in England. There's going to be a lot of coverage about this in the following weeks, isn't there? any suggestions about the manager
0: not gareth southgate i think is my one suggestion just listening to the itv pundits after the game talking about how how well gareth southgate is done with the under 21s he didn't even get out of the group stage with the under 21s at the last tournament that was with harry kane inside don't really want gareth southgate i would like to see eddie howe but honestly i have no reason to think other than money why why would he leave the little project he's got going at bournemouth which is He's being really successful, with. why would he leave that for the failed setup of of the England team?
1: Yeah, I do like Eddie Howe. I think he's a future England manager, but I, I I wouldn't want him now just because I don't want to ruin his career now, like like Steve McLaren ruined his with England. Because I think there's a there's a far it, it's a long term issue. In terms of grassroots England have no identity. Um, you know how Spain are going to play, even though that that style of play has become a lot less incisive since Euro 2012. And people compare it to Guardiola's tiki-taka style, but Guardiola says he hates tiki-taka, and it's juego de posicion is what Guardiola plays, and possession football is what Spain play. And they're just not incisive with the the play, but at least you know how Spain are going to play, and they've had success with it. You know how yeah. Germany are going to play efficiency. You know how Italy are going to play defence, get on the counter counter-attack, and we saw that with Italy-Spain, in which both Matteo Damian and David De Gea played in. Um And England, who knows how they get to play? We came into this tournament still discussing our 23-man squad. And yeah. we shouldn't have been coming into the tournament discussing our starting 11. That should be... May, maybe it changes slightly depending on form, but you should know... We didn't even know who our back four was going to be. You should know who your back four is going to be. You should know your, your central midfield. And maybe you, you change with the strikers depending on their form.
0: I think it's, it's even worse than that because... I suppose in terms of personnel, you can justify that, maybe changing a little bit depending on maybe someone played played really well at the back end of the season or played really well in the warm-up games. We didn't even know our best system. I mean, it's just ridiculous. that We, we had no idea where the captain was going to play. We had, like I said, no idea who the, who the centre-half partnership was going to be. We had no idea who was going to play at fullback. full-back. Uh, it was all just completely up in the air. I don't think Roy Hodgson even knew what kind of system he wanted to play or what kind of team they wanted to put out. Whether he wanted to play with narrow narrow, narrow wingers in Lalana and Barkley, or whether he wanted to play with wide wingers in Stirling and Sturridge, or yeah, it was it was just a mess for the whole tournament really. And I think even if you sat sat down with Roy Hodgson now and asked him what his best England eleven is right now, I, I still don't think he could give you an answer.
1: The most damning quote from Hodgson it came before the tournament about a month ago. I am comfortable that whatever the way we want to play will be covered. <laughs> Systems wins you nothing. Football players win you games. Yeah. And we've got Harry Kane, Premier League top scorer, Jamie Vardy, um, just behind Harry Kane, Daniel Sturridge, another fantastic striker, Wayne Rooney, not what he once was, but still a good player in my opinion, some will disagree with that. You've got Smalling and Cahill, two okay centre-backs, Cahill's probably on his way out, Uh, Smalling isn't world-class, but he's okay, and you, you have got a good team, and those players have not won you games, so... Um, very right for Hodgson to go. Yeah, there definitely needs to be more focus on grassroots and providing a an identity. England have tried to done that. The FA have tried to do that through a DNA, but uh, they're they're going about it the wrong way, in my opinion. And in terms of a manager, there's no need to rush it, in my opinion. We don't play again till very early September, I think, just after the closing of the transfer window in early September. It's now late June. There's plenty of time to get a manager. You probably want one by August, but I think we need to wait, let all this die down, go for a manager, think about it, instead of just going with Gareth Southgate, as you say, who is currently the favourite. And I think we need to, like we did with Fabio Capello, even though that didn't end up in glory, search outside of the British Isles again. Hopefully look for someone German. I like the Germans. They're good. (laughs) They're very good. Um, And they have their identity. Thing is, you've got to hope. The, the two best teams in the world in the last 10 years were Spain 2008-2012, to 2012, won all three tournaments in that time. Then Germany 2014, World Cup winners, perhaps winners of Euro 2016. And both of those teams have become good, which may be a coincidence after Pep Guardiola has arrived in their country. Um, and although I don't want to see him succeed at City, it would be nice if he helped England succeed by introducing a bit of identity to our yeah. game. Anyway, let's stop with the... England misery, um, and go to other people. Just before the England game, we had Italy-Spain. um David De Gea against Matteo Darmian. Darmian actually started on the bench, came off very late. I think he came off about 14 minutes or something. Yeah. But De Gea, some incredible saves. Messed up the first goal that Spain conceded. Wasn't ready for a free kick coming in and parried it. Could have either caught it or parried it out further. Um, so he's at fault for that, but... It could have been 7 there if it wasn't for De Gea. Some incredible saves. And after, we saw Manuel Neuer make a, a fantastic save for Germany, even though he doesn't have a lot to do when he's called upon. He made one of the saves of the tournament. And De Gea is well up there competing with Neuer for the world's best goalkeeper. I personally think Neuer's just above him at the moment. But De Gea was, I think, it was probably three or four saves, which if Spain's uh, attacking play had been better if they were more incisive would have been described as match winning after the game mm. and he probably would have got man of the match had they won Damien coming on Desciglio he's been preferred to Damien at the moment Damien started the first game and came on as a sub in the third I believe but he's been dropped since then by Antonio Conte who is probably only the real world class manager at their peak currently because you got yeah. someone like Del Bosque but he's passed his peak Conte is probably the only world-class manager at their peak at Euro 2016, and it's definitely showing. The the, yeah. the preparation which Italy have put in is something which, <laughs> compared to England's preparation, where we have five strikers on the pitch and no system whatsoever, and Roy Hodges thinks that players win you games and systems mean nothing, um, is something to be very, very <laughs> jealous about.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: And I mentioned Neuer with Germany, competing with De Gea for the world's best goalkeeper. Um, Bastian Schweinsteiger... Like Rooney, has broken a record at the tournament this summer. He became Germany's most capped player at a Euros tournament. Rooney has equaled the record appearances for England of an outfield player with 115, and he got the gold against Iceland. But let's not go back to England. Schweinsteiger 15 uh, appearances, or maybe it's 16 now, at a Euros for Germany, breaking the record. And he, he come back. Last time he played was the Manchester derby, I think, March the 20th if I recall correctly, comes back against Ukraine at a last-minute sub and scores.
0: <laughs> yeah, some return, wasn't it? That was a great goal, actually, as well. well he did brilliantly in that goal and a uh, good little finish from Schreinsteiger. Great achievement for him to to break that record. He thoroughly deserves it for the career he's had. Similarly, to Rooney, is not the player he once was, but certainly can take nothing away from the career that he's had. He's been a brilliant servant to Germany. And it's, it's nice to see him at least getting a few minutes during this tournament. I think he still remains quite an important figure in Germany's squad.
1: Most players wouldn't have been called up having not played at all. And in fact, Schreinsteg was still injured when he yeah. was called up for Germany. It wasn't that he was coming back from injury, you say, like Wilshaw Henderson. He was actually still injured, recovering from his injury. And he still got called up for Germany, which just shows his importance. And yeah, it's nice that he's getting minutes. It was slightly disheartening that he managed to run more in his celebration after scoring that <laughs> goal than he has done for United all season. He ran the entire length of the pitch, first to <laughs> celebrate with the coaches and then to celebrate with Manuel Neuer. I'm not quite sure what that was about, but... um Hopefully we can see something like that. But yeah, it was a very good finish, actually. It was on the half volley, which is quite a difficult skill, probably about knee height, and he still managed to finish. He's also played a few other games. Uh, He hasn't started yet, coming on as a sub. Hopefully he can continue to impress, because when he's come on, he's been good. And we do need, because we still need a midfielder, and there's been rumours about Paul Pogba. We won't talk about transfers in this episode. We may do in a future one. But Schweinsteiger, if he does get to a, a decent level of form, be like a new signing after his poor season in the first season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Schweinsteiger playing anywhere near his best, even if it was what we saw him in his last season at Bayern Munich, let alone what it used to be kind of five years ago or so, would, would be a massive, massive boost to our midfield. Um, I think... You know, like you said, there's been a lot of talk about Paul Pogba. I'm still not convinced that that's going to happen. But if we can get Shrines like, fit and playing to, to a decent level, it would be great to have him in midfield. Because I think he's just such a calming influence um, in midfield. His experience really shows through in a lot of situations, especially when you're in a situation where you need to close out a game. I think the experience that he brings is, is vital sometimes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how... How he shapes up in in pre season and if whether he can stay stay fit because if he can't stay fit, I can't see Mourinho really tolerating him in in the squad even if he is a big influence off the pitch.
1: Yeah, especially when Carrick's just signed a new contract. Maybe Mourinho will think we've got one calming influence who who who's, can lead these young players. Uh, we don't need two in Carrick and Schoen, so We'll just have Carrick instead. Belgium and Maran Fellaini. Fellaini hasn't played a huge amount. He started the first game and then he got dropped after that and has been coming off the bench and he came off the bench in um, Belgium's 4-0 win against Hungary. Um, finally high scoring for Eden Hazard who had an incredible game. He looks to be back to his best. One of the, the best matches we've seen from a single player in the Mm. tournament he was truly brilliant and had a fantastic goal to finish it off and Fellaini it it probably says something that he's even getting dropped by Mark Wilmots who is an awful awful manager Um, Belgium to face Wales in the quarterfinals an odd lineup of quarterfinals Poland's Portugal Belgium Wales Germany and Iceland's France I don't know what the odds were on have that set up of, of the last Euro of 2016 um just a, a quiet moment of depression there um yeah moving on to the hosts france they provided some excitement at least um yeah. going down to to ireland and then coming back dimitri pye with some, some fantastic goals antoine griezmann is coming into his own after a dodgy start alongside pogba not shining in the first game but coming back after that and uh a few United players, Anthony Martial and Morgan Schneidlin in that France team, while Patrice Evra, the the man we, we love. One of United's biggest loves. One of everyone's biggest loves. Just puts a smile on your face in in this bad time. <laughs> uh, and Paul Pogba also playing. Linked United, former United player. Uh, so Evra and Pogba, former Reds. Martial has played a bit for France. Schneiderlin has yet to come off the bench, an unused substitute in every game. Martial hasn't been great and... Didier Deschamps is now preferring Kingsley Coman. You saw it in the Ireland game, a 2-1 win over Ireland with a um, former United player again, Robbie Brady, scoring the penalty. We'll move on to the academy players from United at the tournament in a second, but Robbie Brady scoring that penalty he from United. You saw it against Ireland, He Deschamps brought on Coman rather than Martial to incisiveness and Speed and and hope for better attacks rather than Martial. So Martial's unlikely to get another chance in this tournament, I would think, because he started the game against Albania and got taken off at halftime. A pretty his confidence looked pretty low.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It it seems like the shop has, has really lost faith in him. To be fair, didn't play great against Albania. I would have liked him to come on to come on against Ireland. Maybe get some sort of run out. Um, but like I said, it, if he if Deschamps prefers Coman, then Martial's Unfortunately, he just has to accept that for now and hope that he maybe gets a chance if France need a are in a position where they need a goal or need to go all out for a win later on in the tournament. But you know, hopefully, hopefully his experience of being in a, in the French squad at such a big big tournament, especially as France now look likely to go deep into the tournament, hopefully will be good for um, for Martial. But disappointing that he hasn't been able to get on the pitch more. Same story with Schneider as well. I thought he might get some more some more minutes than he has done, but. Again, it seems like Deschamps was kind of falling out of favour with him. Obviously, now Conte is suspended for France's quarter-final after picking up a yellow card against Ireland. And I thought Schneiderlin might be one to replace him, but it seems as if Deschamps prefers Johan Kabay in that role. So, looks like Kabay will start even ahead of Schneiderlin, even without Conte.
1: Well, yeah, France have such a plethora of midfield talent. You've got Pogba, Matuidi, Conte, Kabay, Schneiderlin. Um, And then just above that, you've got Griezmann and Pye. It's an unbelievable selection for Deschamps. Northern Ireland, one of the home nations who... You you wouldn't think that the home nations going out first would include England (laughs) and and that Wales would be the only one left in the quarterfinal. England went out alongside Northern Ireland. Paddy McNair playing for Northern Ireland... Got a few chances. I think he came off the bench twice and started one game. Started the first game against Poland but got taken off at half time. It was nil nil at that point and then they conceded straight after halftime. So maybe a sign of things. Um for Northern Ireland uh, many, many United players in that in that squad. So you've got Monaire who's still at United, then you've got Johnny Evans and Corey Evans, no relation, but both from United set up. Craig Cathcart as well and Oliver Norwood and McCulloch. So what is that? Six former or current United players in that Northern Ireland setup, I think, which is an incredible amount. And United with twelve academy products at the Euros, more than Lamasia, more than anyone else.
0: It always amazes me whenever United or England play, or any or any team Africa, I guess, really play, and you you hear just so many sort of random players that you that you never really realise played for the United Academy. And they pop up and it's, oh, former Manchester United Academy player, former Manchester United player playing against the former club. So, it, and it is a testament really to how, to how good the United Academy is at creating and, and, breeding talent. Um, even if they don't go on to become a success at Manchester United, it really seems to prepare them well to go on and have successful careers elsewhere. Um, and in the case of, of Northern Ireland, we must just have a really, really good Belfast scouting network.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> The history is there, George Best. We've always had a good connection with Northern Ireland and it, it just shows in that because uh, we brought Manair over at 15. I think we did the same with Evans and I assume with the rest of them as well. We had 10 players from United going into the tournament with 12 from the academy. Only five of those who are currently at United are going into the Euro quarterfinals. That's Anthony Marshall, Morgan Schneidlin with France, Marouane Fellaini with Belgium, they face Wales. Matteo Darmian with Italy, who faced Germany, and Bastian Schweinsteiger in that Germany side to face off against Darmian. We've had goals from Schweinsteiger, assists from Darmian, goals from Rooney. Rashford became the youngest ever England player at a Euro tournament. Schweinsteiger became the most capped Germany player at the Euros. Rooney equaled a record with David Beckham of the most outfield appearances for England. De Gea kept a few clean sheets and made some incredible saves despite criticism against, uh, Croatia in that 2-1 loss. And then you go to the academy players. You've got Pogba looking to be the, the poster boy for France winning the Euros in their home country. The Northern Ireland lads have gone out. You've got Rashford and Tom Heaton with United, with Rashford and Tom Heaton with England. Heaton didn't get a chance, but, um, Rashford certainly made an impact, especially against Wales, which was a, a good England moment, a memorable one, which would have been fantastic if we weren't horrendously embarrassed by Ireland <laughs> this evening. And you got James Chester with Wales and John O'Shea, good old John O'Shea, one of my heroes, John O'Shea <laughs> and Robbie Brady for the Republic of Ireland, who went out spiritedly against France. So, in terms of the Euros, there's been some interesting games. The, the The football fairy tales have gone on, at least, if we're trying to be positive we've had leicester city marcus rashford and now iceland on the other side of the atlantic ocean in the usa the cop america centenario which has had me staying up till five in the morning after an electric storm caused a half time of two hours fifteen In one of the semi-finals. It's been an interesting tournament. And Marcus Rojo and Sergio Romero have both been playing. They were in the Copa America final. Probably seen this quite a lot now. Lionel Messi suggesting that he's retired from international football. After losing Argentina's fourth final in the last decade. Uh, The third consecutive final loss in three years. So he lost the World Cup 2014 final, the Copa America 2015 final, and the Copa America Centenario final. This is a special Copa America, um, the 100th anniversary of the beginning, and that's why it's held in the USA and not in South America. And it will be returning in 2019 for a normal setup. But Romero actually made some fantastic saves, especially, I can't remember who it was, but he denied someone with a header that could have sent uh, Chile in front, and he saved one of the Chilean penalties in the penalty shootout. Romero had... Quite a good game. Rojo, on the other hand, only had half a game after some crazy refereeing. Saw two red cards and five bookings before half time, and Rojo was sent off for uh, winning the ball. I can't really say much more about <laughs> Rojo's performance because he got sent off after 42 minutes for a, a very fair challenge. That, if you're being quite harsh, you'd probably give a booking for because he did. It was it was a bit rash coming in from behind, but it got the ball and it wasn't a red card. So. <laughs> Romero and Rojo couldn't become the fourth and fifth Copa America winners who have played for United. Um, we have a glamorous history in this competition. Would you like to know who has won the Copa America from United? Go for it. Well, we have... First up, we have Cleberson, United legend. Why, ha- Sebastian the wrong one? No, he's not, but we do have someone even more glamorous than that. We have <laughs> Anderson. The man <laughs> who came after Cleberson and had Cleberson's name in his song also won the Copa America. And then following that, we had Angelo Enriquez last year, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Not quite as prolific in terms of his name. Um, we bought him quite a few years ago now, and he looked to be one of the most exciting talents in our academy. And then he went on loan to Dynamo Zagreb, I think, and then we sold him. So those are our Copper America winners. We don't have any more to add to them. It's, it's been a bit of a downbeat episode. But we are back. This is one of the concluding episodes of series 1 and the other day yep. we got past the 25,000 plays mark for all of our episodes so thank you very much for your support don't worry you don't have to support Inks, you can just support us <laughs> jack where can we find you on twitter uh, at utd take and you can find me on twitter at harry robinson 64 and the podcast itself at utd weekly pod p o d we'll have a few more episodes out hopefully before the end of Series 1. Starting... Hopefully
0: some more positive news about transfers or yeah. something not as downbeat as the Euros.
1: Well, transfers are looking up. Mkhitaryan, Ibrahimovic, possibly Paul Pogba, although I cannot quite get my head around that. Um, and some smaller links with Adam Unas, who is playing, I think, for Bordeaux in Ligue 1 in France. So hopefully we'll have a few interviews with various journalists about Zlatan, Mikatarian and possibly Paul Pogba if this ridiculous prospect of paying 100 million for the player that actually left on a free (coughs) does happen if we make him the world's most expensive footballer we'll try and get something on that as well before we finish series one we should have a website coming out very soon so thank you very much for listening thanks for staying with us after our, our month-long break from podcasting but now england are out we can focus on the real football club that we all support manchester united goodbye Podcast Network.